The question is, are you ready? This is The Drive with Josh Graham on Sports Hub Triad. We've got an awesome Friday show for you today, and it starts with the Charlotte Hornets because we finally know what Mitch Kupchak's been up to. Kelly Oubre signs to a two-year, $26 million deal, which makes some sense in that he adds some size and defense to the wing for Charlotte, two things they didn't have much of last season behind Gordon Hayward. But it makes even more sense in the context that this move lays the groundwork for a blockbuster trade. I don't think Mitch Kupchak's done because there's too much overlap I see on this roster right now. We knew that the night that P.J. Washington was drafted, that both P.J. and Miles Bridges did a lot of the same things. That has not changed. Gordon Hayward, Kelly Oubre, the Martins, there, there's a lot of overlap here. And there's still no starting center unless you think it's Mason Plumley, which I don't. They also could use more shooting. I don't think you're going to find that on the free agency market right now. So I believe a trade is your best option. You lose Malik Monk. You lose Devontae Graham. You sign Ish Smith, who I like from Wake Forest, a Charlottean himself. But you're really a minus when it comes to shooting when you lose those two. Malik, who shot 40% from three last year, and Devontae Graham, who was close to it and you're replacing it with a backup point guard in ish. So this roster doesn't make a lot of sense to me right now unless there's another move to come. And the two players that seem so obvious to be moved currently, P.J. Washington, Terry Rozier, they are ripe to be moved. I started thinking about P.J. being traded, and the problem that came that kept coming up in my mind how exactly are you going to match salaries to bring back a starting caliber player for you when PJ still on a rookie deal worth $4 million or so? $4.5 million, depending on where you look. You have to attach it to someone else. And when you're looking for a potential trade, if you're playing along with the NBA trade machine like I've been doing all day today, look at the one-year guys first. Look at the expiring contracts. Terry Rozier has one year left. It doesn't look like he's going to be extended. PJ has two years left. We know Miles will always be prioritized if it came down to those two. They do a lot of the same things. PJ Washington and Terry Rozier, they are the two players that make the most sense to be moved. And if you put both those players together in a package, Robert, think of the type of players you can get back. On Twitter at WSJS Sports, 336-777-1600, the number. I think Cupcheck's putting together a blockbuster trade. We know there are two teams Charlotte has expressed interest in. Two teams they maybe have both been in contact with. The Indiana Pacers, they've been interested in Miles Turner for years, plural, it seems like. And the Chicago Bulls, who have been quite active... But the Hornets have been linked quite a bit to Lori Markinen. Yesterday, even after the three-team trade rumors fell apart the night of free agency beginning, 
There was that original report that the Hornets were going to get Markin in. Devontae Graham was going to go to the Pelicans and Lonzo Ball would end up at Chicago. It's credible to me because two of the three of those things ended up happening. We just didn't see Markin and end up at Charlotte yet. I still think that's something that can happen here. Indiana and Chicago are perfect trade partners for the Hornets. Robert, you let me know which of these two trades you like more. Been playing with the trade machine all day long today. And these are the two I think I like most. Let's start with the Pacers. The Hornets send P.J. Washington and Terry Rozier to Indiana. They get back Miles Turner, Chris Duarte, who was the lottery pick out of Houston they drafted, the oldest player taken in the lottery, a guy who seemed to be ready to play right now as a shooting guard, and you get a first-round pick if you're Charlotte. That's the first trade proposal I have. Charlotte getting Duarte and Miles Turner, sending P.J. Rozier, uh, P.J. Washington and Terry Rozier to Indiana. Charlotte also getting a first-round pick. Here's the Chicago trade. Charlotte gets... Zach Levine and Lori Markkinen, Charlotte sends P.J. Washington, Terry Rozier, and two first-round picks, including the lottery-protected New Orleans pick they got in the Devontae Graham trade. Those are two proposals. When you look at the Indiana one, Duarte seems ready to play. You added Booknight in the draft. You get the big to go along with Mason Plumlee because Kai Jones isn't close yet. And in the Chicago trade, you get shooting with Markadon. You get an all-star caliber player in Zach Levine. you got to maybe figure out the contract there, where to put him. But that makes a lot of sense to me if Chicago is willing to do it. They brought in DeMar DeRozan, after all, who does a lot of the same thing Zach Levine does. Robert, which of those two trades do you like more for the Hornets? Oh, that's tough. Uh, I'll probably go with the Miles Turner uh, trade with the Pacers, just because I don't think the Bulls are going to be so quick to part with Zach Levine. Like he, and it, if they were going to part with either him or DeRozan, like you said, they do the same things. Like Zach Levine does those things better than DeRozan. He's a better shooter. He's a better slasher. Yeah, that contract that they gave DeRozan reportedly, I can't make sense of it at all. DeRozan's 35 years old. You know DeRozan about as well as anybody because you're a huge Toronto Raptors fan and watched him for years, but at 35, he's a declining player. If you look at the numbers, it suggests that. That didn't make a lot of sense to me, except if Chicago believed they weren't going to be able to hammer something out long-term for Levine, which is why I think this is something that should be put on the table here. Something to get prepared for if Charlotte's able to cobble something together. Just a couple trade proposals. Fun stuff. I don't think the Charlotte Hornets are done yet. At 7 o'clock on WFMY Channel 2 locally, the Carolina Panthers are going to be on television. It's Fan Fest at Bank of America Stadium. Last night we had the Hall of Fame game. I don't even know who won the game. Robert, who won the game? The Steelers did. Yeah. It was 3-0 at halftime, and I saw enough at that point. But with the Panthers, usually just another practice is something I'd probably skip on a Friday night, even though it's on television. But I'm actually interested to watch tonight for a few reasons, beginning with Terrace Marshall Jr. He's probably been the biggest story in camp thus far, 
Can't wait to see his body type. And Dan Arnold, too,'s had a pretty big week catching the football. There are a lot of things at practice that don't seem real, that I don't think translate well to actual game action when you're playing against opposition. Like line play, I don't think that translates well. So I don't think that's something really to watch for. But wide receivers versus corners, that's something I think holds up. And I want to see Carolina secondary going up against these wide receivers, and I want to see Terrace Marshall Jr. They actually, on social media, got Taylor Zarzor and Steve Smith together watching practice like they're going to do tonight on television. And this is what Smitty and Taylor had to say uh, about Terrace. Well, here's the guy from LSU, Mr. Marshall. Oh, yes. Wearing, wearing a true wide receiver's number <laughs> in the 80s. <laughs> you don't like those jerseys that start with a one, do you? I get confused sometimes. Marshall is sensational oh, he's at LSU. Good. I think he is going to surprise some people, not as fans, but some people that are actually lined up ahead of him. What we call this, uh, that young man is going to steal some folks' jobs. Oof. Steal some folks' jobs? Big words from Smitty. Big words from Darren Gant on Twitter last week. I want to see what this guy does. And that leads to my second thing to keep an eye on, Steve Smith on the call tonight. I love hearing Smitty talk. He's right about jersey numbers, by the way. I don't like seeing wide receivers in single digits. I think that's something that should be in high school and in college. It doesn't really feel like a pro football thing. Taylor Zarzor will put him in the perfect spots. Once upon a time, Taylor Zarzor was a host on this very radio station. And lastly, just a normal-looking Bank of America stadium. Fans are allowed. No masks. No capacity limits. Aside from minor league baseball and some Carolina Hurricane playoff games, we haven't seen a normal-looking venue here in the state. We haven't really seen that. So I'm looking forward to getting that when basketball season rolls around, certainly college football in the NFL, and that's something I want to see at Bank of America Stadium later on tonight. All right, let's get back to the Hornets. Wayne and Greensboro with us. Wayne and Greensboro, you're one of the biggest Charlotte Hornet fans in the triad. Which of those trades do you like more that I played out there? Miles Turner and Chris Duarte and a first-round pick coming back for P.J. Washington and Terry Rozier? Or getting Zach Levine and Lori Markin in while Charlotte has to send a few first-round draft picks Chicago's way? Well, the Indiana one's more realistic. Uh, Chicago's not going to give up on Zach Levine. That's not a. That's not anything that's ever going to happen. But I think you're taking the wrong take on this. I figured out why the Hornets are doing this. Okay. The Hornets has set a new NBA record. For the most six, seven small fours, I want their team <laughs> roster. You know who's happy? I'll tell you who's happy and who's unhappy. Lonzo Ball's happy because he likes to throw the lobs. Who's unhappy? Uh, Eric Collins, who's going to lose his voice after one half of basketball this year. Uh, anyway, it just real. The whole thing's upsetting me. I'm hoping you're right, and there's some kind of move coming up. I mean, I even had a nightmare last night about this. The <laughs> hold one sec, hold one sec, hold pretty- one second, Wayne, 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 hold one second. Please tell me about this nightmare. I want to hear about what the Kelly Oubre nightmare looked like. Well, we were playing the Philadelphia 76ers, <laughs> and uh, the Hornets were losing by 40, 
and Embiid and Drummond had each had 25 rebounds. <laughs> that sounds about right. Thank you for the phone call, Wayne. Hope you have a great right, weekend. Sorry about your nightmare and all of that. Darren Bott's going to be in studio with us in a little bit. I'd like to meet Wayne in Greensboro, and maybe you listening in your car right now. Tomorrow, we're going to be at Academy Sports and Outdoors in Winston-Salem off Stratford from 10 a.m. to noon. Robert Walsh and I. So feel free to drop by. They're going to have a bunch of sales for us there. And if you're looking for Nike, Adidas, Under Armour apparel, we're going to be out there from 10 a.m. to noon, and we'd love to see you. Peyton Manning included a surprise on his guest list at Canton this weekend. And also, a very familiar name to folks around here. We'll tell you who they are next on The Drive. What? 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 This is wrong. You shut up! You're on The Drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports. Darren Vaught strolls into our studio, and he's making me uncomfortable. He grabs something at my feet that I didn't know was there, and I still don't know why it was there. And he's posted a picture of it on social media. It appears to be some sort of rubber mallet. That's it. That's what it is. It's a rubber mallet. (laughs) Robert, why do you think a rubber mallet is in our studio? Exactly what I, it's a rat killing hammer. I've seen those before. <laughs> oh, it's have a rat you, killing you, have hammer. Have you used this this rat killing hammer? I, so, I haven't used that one, but I've threw a few before. So that this, way it's not going to mess anything up. So the substance that's on the side of this hammer <laughs> probably rat. The remain of dead rats. I mean, who knows? People, and this is the problem with stuff Do today. Rats Nobody also- uses tools what they're actually used for anymore. So somebody probably killed a bug with it or a mouse. But that's a rat hammer. That's a big hammer. With regard to the substance on the hammer, do rats also defecate upon death? I think so. Have you ever tried glue traps before? Like they, if once they get stuck and kind of wiggle too much, it's a nasty mess. We'll get back to football in about fifteen minutes. I will pass along this note. That according to Chris Haynes, Kawhi Leonard has decided he's resigning with the LA Clippers. Terms are still being discussed. But right now, we get set to play the movie game as Darren pulls out of his book bag an old Norfolk Tides roster because he's been broadcasting everybody's <laughs> baseball games over the last few months. Literally, he's everyone's. done high point basketball this year. You know him from that. USA baseball, while Patrick Keenis was broadcasting. The uh, the Olympic Games swimming in, in Tokyo, he took over for the Durham Bulls, which I assume is where this Norfolk Tides roster came from. Yeah, two of the three series I did uh, were against the Norfolk Tides. So that's, affiliates, AAA affiliates of your Baltimore Orioles. That's right. Oreos. That's right, 100%. So we're set to play the movie game. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. It's time for some kind of movie game. All right, all right, all right. With Josh Graham and Darren Vaught. Show me the money. All right, we got a fun movie game today, mostly because I get to talk about wrestling in honor of the USA getting gold. And a man and a woman got gold, the first woman uh, to ever get gold in, in freestyle wrestling. Uh, so in honor of that, today we're going to have a wrestling-themed movie game. Darren's uh, just doing visual jokes. He's dancing. He's trying to be funny with the rubber hammer. 
I'm just in like a, I'm standing today for whatever reason. I don't want to sit. I'm just got I've got nervous energy, so I'm in my power squat. We're good. I'm ready to go. Let's okay. move Sorry to interrupt you, Robert. That's good. Uh, if you guys haven't seen the game or listen to the game, rather. Uh, it is the Rotten Tomatoes movie game, so these guys are going to try to guess the audience score. The closer they get, the better, because they're going for a golf-style score here. Lower score wins. If they hit the score on the nose, it is a five-point deduction. And after three movies, if Josh or Darren are within ten points of each other, we will go to a final golden movie to decide our winner. Uh, to start it up off today, I have uh, the Macho Man appearance in the original Spider-Man. Oh. Spider-Man. Wait, this yes. is Bonesaw, right? Correct. Bonesaw. Bonesaw is You're ready. not going anywhere. I've got you for three <laughs> minutes. That Spider-Man. I he love he, uh, this Spider-Man. His aunt dies. He has to go home. No, his uncle dies. His uncle dies. <laughs> aunt May's fine. Well, she, well, she is fine. I don't know if you've seen the new Spider-Man. She is very fine. She ain't Aunt May no more. She's Aunt May. I can I come over if you know what I'm saying. Okay, so this is the audience score. Okay, okay. Robert, killing it today. That's unbelievable. Wow. Okay, I got a score written down. I've got 84 for the original Spider-Man. But all right, when you say original. This the original a, Toby Maguire, the first Toby Maguire Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that. It's just it feels weird saying original. Like, who? What is the original live-action Spider-Man? Well, there you go. See, now you you just made it more more specific, which changes my feelings towards. Just give it, us right? a damn score. It's from two thousand two. Yeah, this was not favored when it first came out, kiddos. I don't know if you guys recall when this was. Uh, brand new. People hate Toby Keith, so or Toby, Toby Maguire. People hate both. I guess. <laughs> Back then they loved Toby Keith. Today, not so much. I still like Toby Keith. Why not? I like Toby Maguire far more than Toby Keith. Just all right. Disclosure. Give us a score. I put seventy-two. So yeah, seventy-two you know? for Darren. Uh, the funny thing is, the audience score and the Rotten Tomatoes score are so far apart on all of these movies. I think the Rotten Tomatoes score was pretty high, but the audience score was 67. Oh, okay. I'm still in the game. Darren did really well on that one. Iconic. The raining, upside-down kiss. Toby Maguire. And uh, have you guys ever tried to do that before? Yeah, I have. The upside-down kiss? I Does dig it. it. Not I wish so it great. was easier. Oh, man, I like it. Because it's like everybody gets bottom well, Josh, lip were, action. Were, were you hanging upside-down or was the other person? Because <laughs> that, that next, matters. To the that next matters. movie. <laughs> he was. Next movie. <laughs> he was Spider-Man. <laughs> it matters. I like appropriate blood flow. I would like, yeah, I would probably like to be the Mary Jane in that situation. And the, Same. And the, That's me. the kissy be the upside down one. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I'm getting off topic here thinking about Aunt May and me upside down kissing. Uh, probably the best movie about professional wrestling, wrestling in general, the demons that come along with The wrestler. It. Uh, you've got the wrestler. Fantastic. Uh, it, such a great movie. Not a great movie to watch with your mom in the theater. Nope. But a good movie nonetheless. Yeah, the strip club scene's probably rough. I was thinking more about the uh, the party in the bathroom scene, but that oh. there there are a lot of rough moments in there. 
Understood. Respect that. Okay, I got a score that, written down. Is I it Mickey Rourke? This, watched, it is yeah, Mickey Rourke. I watched you, this with my father. It was, oh, a good, it was a good good watch. Good bond. Do you guys think he died at the end when he's jumping off and they're like, Randy, Randy, and he does I'm the ram? I'm optimistic. I don't think he died. He died. <laughs> Randy went out on top, man. <laughs> he went out on top. Anyway, I think Josh, that's the way most people interpreted it, yeah. I've got 87 written down. Darren, what you got? 90. 9 zero. You guys are both I, very close. I think it might be higher than mine. The wrestler comes in at 88. You both <sighs> are very, very okay, close. I made up a little bit of ground, but I'm still off by probably close to 10. 11 or, 11 or 12 points here. Well, what is the score going into what could be the final movie? Going into the final movie, we would not have a golden movie. Darren is in first with 7. Josh is trailing him by 11 <laughs> at 18. So Josh oh, yeah. has to make a little bit of ground up here or have a wide divide with Darren and we'll have a winner and not have Just a gotta beat movie. him. Just gotta beat him to force a golden movie. Alright, what do we got? golden movie here uh, is Josh's plan. Okay, following probably the best movie about wrestling, the worst movie about wrestling. I still love it. It's near and dear to my heart. And Ignacio! Oh. Nacho Libre. Okay. Now, this could go in any direction. It could. <laughs> it really could. There is so many quotable things in this movie, like, I ate some bugs, I ate some grass, I used my hand to wipe, to wipe my, my tears. tears. <laughs> I, that, me and my... When I watched this for the first time, when I was a young little Nacho Libre fan... Why are you on your laptop, Darren? I'm, well, I was looking something else up. Sorry. <laughs> looking something else Look, up? That sounds like, a little fishy, I was looking Darren. at the schedule. I was trying to prepare just in case He's I get a moment He's looking at his USA in. baseball schedule. Okay. I'm a multitasker. I'm just making sure. Is I just Jack saw you Black on that roster, Darren? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jack Black's on the roster. You know, I'm going to have him give his score first. That's what I'm going to do. That's... It's perfectly fine. It's per I was, here I was almost talking not into the microphone. Professional. What's your score, Darren? If you if you and I write the same score, you win. I've got 60. I got, zero. I got 58 written down. Stop. 58. So if it's 59. It's just enough. If it's 59, <laughs> then you still win. If it's 58 or lower, we play a golden movie. What is the score for Nacho Libre? Nacho Libre comes in at 54. Let's go! <laughs> no. We forced a golden movie, everybody! Stop. I got ahead of myself. Wow. We are going right. to a golden movie. Just trying to take care of some correspondence over if here. You guys I haven't myself. been here for a golden movie before. Here's what it means. It means my Excel spreadsheet does not do the math for me, and Josh and Darren get to talk amongst themselves after the score is given. Our final golden movie. How many am I off by? I need to know. Uh, okay, going into the golden movie, Darren has 13. Josh has 22. So you trail by nine. Whew. Sheesh. Okay. Okay, what's the what's the golden movie? The final golden movie, one of my favorite Jim Carrey performances, his Andy Kaufman rendition of Man on the Moon. Man on the Moon. Wow. Okay. <sighs> ah, this is tough. Okay. Cuz did he win best actor for this? Was I he even nominated? Who knows? I know you love this movie. I do love this movie, but I have absolutely no idea what awards to give. All right. I got a score written down here. What you got, Josh? 
Darren Vaught. Runs in. There's to be some separation between the two. I've got... I had to go for it here because I know Darren put something in the 70s. I went 94. All right. I did, in fact, put something in the 70s. I went with 76. Okay, so I have a shot. I have a shot here. I have to make up eight. That's that's what I got to do. Or make up nine, excuse me. 94. What is the score for Man on the Moon? I didn't have to do a lot of math, guys. Because one of you guys was very, very close. Who is it? Man on the Moon comes in at 79. Oh! That's tough. It is tough. Darren Vaught is your movie game champ. What's even tougher is this moment of Zen music is very elusive. So you get Red Man's Tonight is the Night. Yes! This is going to be every week now where you find just a different moment of Zen music. Uh! I'll shut up. I like this. All right. Well, I almost ruined it because I was trying to prepare for my moment of Zen by looking up <laughs> what channel Team USA baseball plays it on on Saturday morning, 6 a.m. versus Japan. Gold medal game, baby! Josh is going to talk your ears off about basketball, but I'm just here to deliver the goods, okay? A historic Olympic run. For Team USA, 6 a.m. Saturday. You know the bad part about this whole NBC Olympics thing? I couldn't even find what damn channel it's on. Yep. <laughs> That's the problem. I hope I hope it's on NBC Tonight or NBCSM when Team USA Basketball plays at 10.30. But uh, speaking of Team USA Basketball, we'll get to them and USA Baseball a little bit later on. But I promised football. And the reason why? A familiar radio host... Spouts a familiar radio take about Cam Newton, and an NFL head coach tried to do his best impression of said radio host. That's next on the drive. Yeah, he's weird. Yeah, I get it. The drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll get a live report from Charlotte. Bank of America Stadium site of Fan Fest tonight when Jim Zoki of the Panthers Radio Network joins us in 15 minutes. Darren Vaughts in studio with us. You know him from High Point Basketball and USA Baseball and doing so much else that before we get to USA Basketball, Robert, I just want you to pull up a timer for me. I want you just to yell, TIME! Right when we get to 45 seconds, I'm giving Darren 45 seconds to talk about USA Baseball playing at the crack of dawn tomorrow <laughs> in a gold medal game. Are you ready for your 45 seconds, Darren? Yeah, I didn't expect this. This All is right, good. Let's this is good. go. You got 45 seconds. This is just the second time, technically speaking, that Team USA has ever played for a gold medal in the Olympics. Japan defeated them early in the tournament, but they showed that they have a competitive roster despite MLB's stupid rules that don't allow people on 40-man rosters to play. Uh, Boston Red Sox prospect Tristan Casas is an Olympics hero, whether or not they get gold or silver, and you need to keep an eye on him because the dude can mash, and he's going to be in a Sox uniform probably, hopefully, very soon, not anybody else's unless he gets traded but you know who knows we'll see uh how that goes 
Eddie Alvarez is a name that you probably know already because he was one of the flag bearers for... <laughs> I was really hoping he was going to do that. I was making eye contact with him. I couldn't say out loud, but... We were just kind of on the same terrain there. It's fine. May I finish my uh, point about Eddie Alvarez? No, you may not. No, That's been it for it's USA important. Baseball. Tomorrow, best of luck to the red, white, and skating? blue. Come on, give him a In baseball. USA Basketball. <laughs> Actually, you know what? That's a good point. Let's let, let's let him finish up his point on Eddie right. Alvarez. Eddie Alvarez was a co-flag. <laughs> USA Basketball. He won speed skating silver in 2014 in Sochi, and now he's going to be just the third American to ever medal in both Olympics, the winter and the summer. Go. I've got a gripe. 10.30 p.m. tonight. just sped it up. USA Basketball is playing at a reasonable hour, Robert. Reasonable hour, considering where Tokyo is and when these things happen. So I look... All right, it's going to be on NBC Sports, probably. It's going to be on NBC. I'm excited. See, we have NBA games that start at 1030, West Coast games. We're used to watching those things late. So this could draw a potential huge number. Then I go to look where this game's being broadcast, and it says exclusively on the Peacock subscription service. Are you bleeping kidding me? USA Basketball, 1030 at a time where we can actually watch them on a subscription service. So, I ask you this, Triad. In Winston-Salem, which is my home, where is this game going to be showing? Because if you tell me where, I'm going to be there. If it's at Gatsby's, and we're singing karaoke songs at 12.30 in the morning, and USA's winning gold, I'm going to sing Hulk Hogan's theme music to ring in the 1 o'clock hour this morning. If it's showing somewhere else, let me know where I need to be to watch this game because guess who's not paying for Peacock subscriptions at 10.30 at night on a Friday? This guy. I'm excited for Team USA. I am. I ain't paying for Peacock subscriptions. I'm not doing it. So you just tell me where. 336-777-1600. Probably more convenient on Twitter at uh, WSJS Sports. I need to know where I'm going tonight to watch this game. Roberts? He's got he's got Peacock that net, the WWE Network's on there now. With that in mind, <laughs> here's me at one o'clock in the morning after Team USA wins gold. I am a real American. Fight for what's right. Fight for your life. Yeah! Could you imagine how hype it's gonna be, Robert? And if it's not on anybody's TV. This moment's going to be robbed from the triad. That's what it is. I don't think anything's going to be robbed from the triad, brother. When the red, white, and blue rains down on France, we're the real red, white, and blue. You can take your croissants, your escargot, your French toast, your French fries, your French kisses, and you can shove them all right up your butt. Let's go! I am so excited for this game that the thought of me being unable to watch hurts inside. The Americans 
they don't go into this game as overwhelming favorites. They lost to the France, the French, the first time they met. And the French have a ton of NBA players. Gobert and Fournier and Batum come to mind. Vegas, they got the U.S. as the favorites. But usually, we're, we're just expecting the United States to win by a ton. If the U.S. wins, it'd be a new Olympic story. It'd be the United States winning when people wrote them off, which is a pretty cool thing that we don't normally get with this basketball team. So I am very interested in it. If not for any other reason than the opportunity to sing, Robert, I don't even know who sings the song, but Hulk Hogan's theme music later on tonight. Is it Rick Springfield? Who is it? I'm looking it up. I have absolutely right. no idea. Darren, did you correctly know the title of his theme music? Real American, right? Dude, you yeah, right, right. You hit that big ass hammer over there on the head. That's pretty good. I need some positivity right now because I'm really just charged up right now. I'm charged up. <laughs> Me too. Little quick Me on the too. I'm ready. Trigger. I'm ready. Robert is jacked as well. We're all excited. So. Every Friday, we welcome in some positivity where you just get the opportunity to tell us something good. 336-777-1600. It's time for Weekly Positivity. Um, yeah. Is this a Bo Burnham bit? <laughs> Pretty close. As close as it gets over here. Jeffrey Bezos. Jeffrey Bezos. You did it. Congratulations. <laughs> Hello, Robert. What's up, dude? There's a lot going on that's pretty good. Starting with the fact that this show's going to be broadcasting live from Academy Sports and Outdoors tomorrow. Actually, that's a lie. We're not going to be broadcasting because I might still be drunk after Team USA wins gold later on tonight. And, you know, it's Saturday. It is Saturday. 10 a.m. to noon in Winston-Salem. Say hello at Academy Sports and Outdoors. Tomorrow, it's going to be great. 336-777-1600 if you want to play along. Let's go to Ben in Burlington. Hi, Ben. Hi, guys. I wanted to call up and compliment uh, Robert's excellent Mouth of the South impression that he did earlier. <laughs> I mean, it was almost as good as my Paul Bearer impression. Can I hear that? Oh, funny you should ask. I, I'm a little embarrassed, but okay. <clears throat> Can we, the whole oh, one sec, whole one sec. Yes. Can we? <laughs> oh, yes. McCaffrey coming back this season. Oh, yes. And then the Undertaker comes in and he goes, that rule. If you don't get us to at least the second round of the playoffs, you will rest in peace. Bong, and then the bell goes off. But no, nothing you. about me, Robert. Your impression was excellent. Thank you so much, Ben and Burlington. Let's get that impression again. I think you probably have to fade down this music temporarily. Robert, or I guess Mouth of the South, what's going on with you this weekend? 
very much going on now. <laughs> it's, all right. it's all right. We'll just now, edit that out. All post. I can do is we'll his just Percy Pringle. Whoa! <laughs> the Undertaker. That was so going, good. We're going to edit this out in post. Let's just. No one's going to notice. You know. Let's just do this again. It's not like we're live or, or anything. I don't even know if I can do it. Again. All right, Robert. All right, let's, everybody. I feel call, like you're going to get Darren, started, Darren, and it's going to turn into Darren, Zach Galifianakis everybody, in the campaign. Everybody, what calm, about my everybody <laughs> calm down. This segment is a mess. Okay. Robert, come through for us here. That's what I need. Get your, get your mind straight. I want you to picture Jimmy Hart. I want you to picture Mouth of the South. The triad's relying on you here. You need to bring it. You need to bring it. To Academy Sports tomorrow. Like a real American. Yeah, like a real American. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> oh, all right. What, what do you want me to say <laughs> as that flamboyant little man? <laughs> uh, all right, let's just get back to weekly positivity. Darren, tell me something good. Me? Oh, it's. I, I got to see your guys' faces. No, That's Darren. Right. Darren, tell That's me something positive. good. Robert's impersonations have range because he did both the Hulkster and Jimmy Hart. That's good. It's positive. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how to do this segment. You just gotta just, say just something tell good. Me something positive. It's Friday, Darren. Darren. The weekend's here. Give him that. Josh Shh, loves when you Robert, say that. Robert, you're just you're you're very loud. <laughs> Darren, tell me something good. Can't something be? Good and loud at the same time. We don't, do we need the Yanni in the background to profess what's good? Oh, Yanni's good. <laughs> oh, I'm going to a Grasshoppers game for the first time tomorrow. I haven't been to that stadium before. Oh, that's, that's good. fun. That's they've, good. They've got, a, they've got a catcher who's pretty good, Grant Cook, out of Arkansas. Oh, you're saying Grant Cook is good? He's good. I like that. He's good. He's a good player. Grant Cook. That's that's who I would be anxious to see. Robert, tell me something good on the way out. Um, yeah, I'm going to pass the baton to you, Darren. <laughs> Darren, tell me something good that's going on in your life. Um, it's a great question. Oh, you guys will enjoy this. I'm going to see. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for being here, buddy. It was always too on the nose. It's it good. Perfect. It's good to perfect. have you here, and uh, we'll see you next week. How's that sound? That sounds good. That's Darren Vaught. That's been Weekly Positivity. Jim Zoki for the Panthers Radio Network. We'll give us a live report from Bank of America Stadium, site of tonight's Fan Fest. Next on the drive. Anyone not on medication? No. Nope. Oh. The Drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports. All from under center. Sets. Throws. Johnson's there. It is. Touchdown. Touchdown. Calvin Johnson. Touchdown. Son of a gun. He has absolutely lived up to the legendary Billy. Before the becoming the host of Packer and Durham on ACC Network, West Durham was the voice of the Georgia Tech. Yellow Jacket still is the voice of the Atlanta Falcons. Maybe we'll get to some Falcons talk by the end of this conversation, but that call was of an iconic Calvin Johnson catch circa, if I had to guess, 2004, probably like 15, 16 years ago. 
Wes, what's the best Calvin Johnson story you have for us as he's getting set to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame this weekend? Oh, man. Uh, Josh, let's see. Um, Well, probably the one that James Butler, who was ultimately a Super Bowl champion with the New York Giants, uh, James Butler was going to be a senior when Calvin was a freshman, which would have been 2004. And like most football teams, you know, in June and July, they're going through summer workouts and that kind of thing. And so JB was such a great kid. He was from a small town in Georgia, and we'd gotten to know each other a little bit because I worked in the building on campus, as you know, and things like that. And so I saw Butler in the hallway after a workout one day, and I said, how you doing? He said, pretty good. And I said, uh, hey, by the way, have you have you gone in through any drills with, with Calvin? He said, oh, yeah. And I said, well, how is he? He said, Wes, he is the best football player on our team today. <laughs> and I said, James, he hadn't played in a college game yet, he said, and he's still the best football player on our team today. <laughs> I said, Tushard Choice was all ACC last year, JB. He goes, for the third time, I'm going to tell you, Wes, he's the best football player on our team right now. And I said, Really? He goes, what's that guy say on TV, Dick Vitale, diaper dandy? I went, yeah. He goes, he's better than that. I said, okay. And uh, that was, uh, believe it or not, I that was the ride from then on. I mean, when a guy who was all ACC, third team All-America going into his senior season told me that he was the best football player on the team right now and they hadn't even put on the first pad yet, I was like, you got to be kidding me. But when players tell you, Josh – not, you know, recruiting guys or coaches or whatever. When another player tells you, that's when you know. And he proved it. I mean, in three years, and, and I say this, and I make, i, I got to be honest with you, and you know I love being at Georgia Tech. It was a great experience for me. I make a lot of people mad when I say this, but Calvin Johnson, pound for pound, in my mind, is the greatest player in Georgia Tech history. I mean, and Marco Coleman, great player. Joe Hamilton, great player. I mean, there are hundreds of them. Yeah, Ro- yeah, Roddy Jones. <laughs> yeah, Roddy Jones, who went for 232 in Athens and should never buy dinner in Atlanta again. Um, <laughs> you know, I, but pound for pound, Calvin Johnson is the greatest player in Georgia Tech history. And, you know, and I had some guys in the 50s and 60s who won national championships who don't like me saying that. But I didn't see them play. I saw Calvin Johnson play every game as a college player. And seven as an NFL player, and he was the best player on the field every time he played. You know when it comes from the players. Western's with us here of WSGS Sports. I know when it um, when it comes from a sports talk radio host in Upstate Greenville. That's when I know something is true. Uh, You've obviously heard me. You've obviously heard my little rant the other day. In in all seriousness, I, I sure. you know I want to talk about what's happening in college football, and I wanted your reaction. See, I'm not going to have these sources, but I will ask questions, and I wanted to get Mac Brown's reaction yesterday to what happened to his former school at Texas. We have this sound. This is what Mac told me about how he sees things moving forward from North Carolina's perspective. The, the okay. way I would understand it, Josh, is if anything changed... Uh, which I hope it doesn't. I love the ACC and I love the way we've got it. And if they want to add Notre Dame or do something, I got, I got all that stuff to, to en- enhance our brand. 
but if something changes, North Carolina will be one of the more popular schools uh, across the, the continent that people will want to have involved in their process. He also said, Wes, that he, as soon as he saw the news, he talked to Bubba and wanted to see where they stood. How much do you think mm-hmm. Texas and OU have shaken up college football and forced teams to look at themselves in the mirror? Oh, I, I think that everybody knew that there was another, you know, alignment expansion, you know, campaign that was going to happen. They just weren't sure when it was going to start. I mean, I, I think you have to understand the landscape around this is the weakening of the NCAA. I mean, you talk about a punchless organization at this point, right? I mean, what can they do besides take CBS and Turner's check every year for 700 and some million dollars? And now they're being told that the check they take is not very good because it's inequitable to the women's event. I mean, how about that? How about that coffee cup this week? You know, Ooh. hey guys, remember that check we get for seven hundred forty-eight million dollars? Well, guess what? We're going to have to start figuring out a way, according to this report, to make it work right for both. So, you know, you talking about changing the land, the NCAA? I mean, where do you begin? Um, but I think Coach Brown's telling you the absolute truth. I mean, he has no reason. Look, we went through this 10 years ago. I mean, there was some wild stuff that went on 10 years ago. I mean, you remember NC State was going to the SEC. You remember that rumor. Well, Max said even in this long answer that we didn't play that he said, I thought we were an hour away from joining the Pac-10, Texas. Sure. They were, I, I thought they were, yeah, I thought that was happening. I thought Kansas was going with them too. I think there were three ACC schools going to the Big Ten. For about two days. So when Jim Phillips hears these comments, what what what's he thinking? Obviously, the ACC is in a pretty good spot in terms of security because of the grant of rights, sure. which, funny enough and ironically Absolutely. enough, is also the existential problem when you're trying to get back to the reno- re- renegotiating table. But what what does Jim Phillips think when he's hearing schools pontificate, whether it be President Thrasher at FSU or Mac Brown in this instance? of what things could possibly look like if they're no longer in the ACC? Because we, we have to all be living in a real world. I mean, we all have to live in this world that, you know, there is this coil of major college athletics that's going to uncurl itself. And when it does, where are you going to stand as a particular institution or where is your conference going to stand? I mean, Greg Sankey just went for the power play. I mean, some have used the Gordon Gecko analogy, and I get that, right? But, I mean, he just went for the power play to make sure that, hey, the SEC is going to have a place. You know, at some point, you got to decide how that check works. And right now, the ACC can be comfortable probably for the next 10 years because, as Joe Giglio said earlier this week after talking to several athletic administrators within the ACC, you know, Florida State doesn't have $390 million right now to write a check to get out. Clemson doesn't have $390 million to write a check to get out. So I don't care what sources you've got telling you what, but neither one of those schools have $390 million. And, oh, by the way, nobody cares about streaming right now when it comes to television contracts. There's not one thing written in a contract that is currently being uh, executed that has streaming in it. Yeah. Okay? Your sources don't don't say that. No, the new SEC contract with ESPN will have a streaming clause in it. And you can tell that Notre Dame has agreed to some streaming rights based on the announcement that their opener is going to be on Peacock. But nobody in the ACC, Josh, 
has $390 million to stroke a check to walk away. And the other thing, too, is the Big 12 was going to be the first into the pool because that was the weakest league from a financial standpoint in their television agreement, and their deal is up at 25, okay? The ACC's is 10 years later. Actually, 11 years later, 36, okay? The ACC wrote the long-game contract when Notre Dame joined. The SEC wrote the long-game contract when they launched their network, too. Texas and Oklahoma were going to go somewhere. Greg Sankey just worked it out for them to come to Birmingham. They could have gone to, had the Pac-12 not had the shakeup there, who knows, maybe Larry Scott could have gotten them in again this time. You know, because a lot of those uh, puffy-chested folks in the Pac-12 aren't quite as puffy-chested anymore. Yeah, since you work in television, though, Wes, I'm interested. See, your former boss, John Skipper at ESPN, he was on with Levitard last week, and he said, yeah, yeah, he said that if the SEC hypothetically could pick anybody from the ACC they wanted, it wouldn't be Clemson and Florida State who is first off the list. It'd be a school from the state of North Carolina, and I can't imagine one that'd be more attractive than the Tar Heels would. I think that's a piece of what Mac's saying, too. Well, I mean, sure it would, but does North Carolina, who is an American Association of American Universities member, do they want to go play in a league? where only two or three institutions are members of that organization. See, that's the thing people aren't recognizing right now. I mean, you've got to look at who's a member of the Association of American Universities. That is a critical organization when you start talking about moving around leagues. And that is is the academic A-list in this country. And by the way, there's some schools that are members of the AAU, and I'm not talking about amateur basketball pickup games in the summer here. I'm talking <laughs> about this organization. Yeah. But there are member there are schools that are members of the AAU that don't even have they don't have any division one power five athletics. But they're Ivy League schools, they're high academic standing schools. And that is going that is a critical piece in the Big Ten. It's a critical piece in the ACC. And to a degree it's a critical piece in the Pac twelve. And there are members in the uh, in the Big 12 and in the SEC who are AAU schools. But I wouldn't think North Carolina would be going to a league that didn't have an AAU majority in it. Really quickly, West Durham with us here, Packer and Durham joining us here from the ACC Network. As I mentioned, voice of the Atlanta Falcons too. And one of Mac's former players at Carolina is Arthur Smith, who is the newest co- yeah. head coach of the well, NFC South. He played for John Bunning. He didn't play for Mac. Oh, for John Bunning. Sorry. Getting the timeline wrong a little bit here. What, what uh, that, that, that's what you do when you try to transition like Robert Walsh. What are uh, some of your initial impressions of a coach that we're going to be seeing quite often in the NFC South? He's a bright guy. He's, uh, he's got a really good plan. Um, he's not going to wow you at the, uh, at the podium, but he doesn't really want to. Um, he wants to play big boy football. That's what he did in Nashville with Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill. And in all honesty, I think he's, uh, I think he's going to do a pretty good job here, but this may be the long game for Atlanta in the comeback. Falcons kind of really handcuffed by the salary cap. They've done about as much as they can do right now. If one of their war daddies on either side of the ball were to get injured, I don't know how they would turn Josh, but, 
I think Atlanta can be competitive this year. I'm excited to see them play because I think it's going to be a different brand of football. It's not going to be necessarily sail it down the middle of the field. Dean Peace has done a really nice job defensively. I think they're going to be much improved on defense. And, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of anxious to see what happens. You know, a week from tonight, they play their first preseason game against the Titans, ironically, hmm. uh, at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. If we can get Kanye out of there. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I think, um, I think the idea of, of kind of where this Falcon team is right now, is that we need to chop the season. We used to be able to chop it up into quarters when we played 16 games, and I still think you ought to take the first four games and then the second four and that kind of thing. And Let's just see where they get better from one-third or one-quarter to the next, if you can, in this year, and, and see who's kind of hanging around. I, I'm not sure, remember, and you, you know this, the, the last handful of years we've had opportunities for one or two teams from the NFC South to make the playoffs. I don't know that we're going to have that this year. That's one thing I was looking at in my research just to kind of say, okay, where's this football team going to be? And where's the rest of this division going to be? Is Tampa capable of running off and hiding? Maybe. Man, it's hard to repeat now. Hear me. You know, they bring a lot of guys back. Hear me out. Three-man booth in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. West Durham, Dave Archer, and Kanye West. Well, Kanye didn't have time for us. He's he not. He's not in that. We're <laughs> number one. Our, our vantage point's not that great. Number two, we can't fulfill the royalties on the contract Kanye would need. We can't. We don't have the couches and the big screens, and we don't have all that. Man. Don't have we're, the facilities for that. I don't think. Very, very limited. Very limited. Scale back <laughs> radio broadcast we have in the preseason. Yeah. So. Well, Wes, probably it's could, good to... probably could not meet the Royals' <laughs> contract, Josh. But that's a nice thought on your part. Yeah, just throwing it out there. It's good to hear from yeah. you, and uh, I hope to see you sometime soon. It was good to see you in Charlotte a few weeks ago. Thanks, Josh. Take care. You guys be well. All right. There you go. Yep, you too. That's West Durham. It's on Twitter at West Durham. Listen to Packer and Durham, of course, and watch Packer and Durham on the ACC Network.